Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Oh, hey, it's Dave. I told those tiny punks to meet me up at the local laundromat so I could neglect to separate their lights and darks before washing their delicates in their normal cycle before ultimately taking them for a little tumble dry with my f***ing fists. Where are you at, tiny punks? Cacao! Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, January 5th. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling with the Bass Master and number one Bulls fan, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Last but not least, making the magic happen is J.D. Hello! There he is, and here we are. Shout out right now to the stream team joining us live on YouTube. Make sure all of you like and comment and subscribe. Hit 22,000 subs yesterday. Okay. Next stop, 25K station. Let's get there. Chug along. (laughs) Email us your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We're stepping on the beach tomorrow, Wednesday. So get your cues and your comments in. Tass will join us for that show as well. So that'll be a blast. Go get that fire No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, a good morning sweet world bug. That is so sweet. Renee Young, a.k.a. Renee Paquette herself, bought it. Did we send it to her? No, we're cheapskates. She actually (laughs) bought this thing. Shout out to Renee for uh, repping No Dunks there with that mug. I love to see it when another celebrity is drinking your drinks. It just feels so good. That's why we're heading to 25K. We're heading to the 25K station. See you there, buddy. It's great. Uh, Tass is what you need to know for Tuesday's little mini recap pod video. It's up already. Go check that out. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, you're already seeing it. If you subscribe to the podcast, you're maybe already listened to it for crying out loud. That little appetizer to this main course. And don't miss out on the deal we're running right now. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. You can sign up for just $3.99 a month. Lee, that's cheaper than your organic bananas that you buy. <laughs> well, it should be too. Those organic <laughs> bananas should be a little bit pricey because bananas are uh, in the decline at the moment. We've got to eat right. them while we can, especially those uh, organic ones. Don't get the ones from the CVS pharmacy as we learned in Las Vegas. Well, look, if they're in decline, you know what? Don't buy bananas for a month or so and put it into a great athletic subscription, theathletic.com slash no dunks. All access, you know, the pods are ad free um, and you get the best damn sports writing in the world. So go check that out. You know, right. I, just quickly on that, yeah. I actually had a friend of mine, you know, everyone's got one of those goofy friends. I had one the other day. You're ours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this friend of mine sent me a link to The Athletic the other day and said, check out this website. It's got some really good sports stuff. <laughs> wow, sounds like a really close friend, Lee. Have I got a deal for you? <laughs> he's, he's, he's the guy. He's my friend who lives out in Houston, and um, he moved there a few years ago. Just about on the same time we moved, it was when the Warriors were on the rise, and uh, he sent me a text one time and said, Gee, this uh, Steph Curry guy, he's really good. How long has he been in the league for? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Chizzy. Everyone oh, loves Chizzy. Chizzy. 
you got to throw the name out there and add a Y to it. So shout out to Chizzy indeed. Okay, guys, lots to talk about here, as always, with no dunks. Uh, we're going to start with a little newish segment that we're just calling Five Games, One Thing. I mean, there was nine games on in total. We're not going to get to them all, but you know what? That's the best part about Tass having that little mini podcast. We may not touch on that game, but Tassie might have, so go check that out. But Five Games, One Thing, I'll hit you with the game, and you guys, you know, give me your biggest takeaway. First one is the Knicks. Lee Ellis's New York Knicks <laughs> beat the well, Hawks. Ka-ka. 113-108. The Knicks are 4-3, and three, Lee. Have at it, man. Listen, first off, another fun game between the Knicks and the Hawks. Two teams who were in the cellar last season, not really playing a lot of fun basketball. This was a great game right to the end. The Knicks nearly blew it. They nearly nixed themselves. But in the end, they hang on for that victory. And honestly, I don't even know where to start here. Do you start with Julius Randle, who is bringing back the point forward position? He's been fantastic for the Knicks all season long. Was again uh, phenomenal last night. Or do you go with the uh, sophomore, RJ Barrett? Another very good game from him. Yep. Or do you even go even lower down on the food chain to Emmanuel Quickly, the point guard, uh, rookie point guard, who came in on the third quarter and was fantastic for the Knicks? Uh, this was just, there was so much happening in this game. The Hawks nearly pulled it out at the end. But I think ultimately the star of this game was Julius Randle. He, he was fantastic. And he really is maturing as a, as a player in the NBA. You know, he was a high draft pick from the Lakers, what, five years ago, six years ago now. Uh, and, he, and he broke his leg in his first game he ever played. And we didn't see him for that first season. And then he went to New Orleans. He was okay out there, but he didn't really fit. He goes to New York and it's like, well, why not? Who cares? You're going, you're going to play for the Knicks. But now he's actually not just playing well. He's being a leader for that team. The team is winning games. And there's obviously now a lot of all-star buzz around him. And it is deserved because he's been fantastic. And it's not just on the offensive end. Defensively, he's really making his presence felt. He's 6'9". He's a big guy. He's a big, strong guy. And he's just showing he can have an impact on both sides of the ball. And uh, that that's just great. The Tom Thibodeau Knicks, you know, it started off a little bit slow, but now they're rolling. They've got a leader. They've got a guy who can score the ball. They've got a guy who's like the the the, the main part of their defense, especially because they're missing a couple of players too, defensively a couple of bigs. So he's taking on a bigger role there, Julius Randle. And, uh, and the team is playing fantastically well. Fun basketball, another great game. And uh, man, the sky's the limit for the Knicks. <laughs> that's, yeah, look, their identity is, it's Tibbs installing a defense. Is it not, Trey? Like, that's what they're hanging their hat on right now. Randall's been awesome. You said Barrett's, you know, starting to blossom here. Quickly changed that game against the Hawks when, when he sort of, he, I think he played the entire fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Tibbs was trusting him and what he's doing at the point guard position. But it's defense, is it not, Trey? And no surprise when Tibbs is your coach. It's defense, and it's the full Tibbs effect, to be quite honest. Welcome to the Tibbs Hive, New York Knicks fans. The defense has been good. You know, they're 11th right now. They were 10th probably coming into last night, but mm -hmm. a lot better than you would expect from the Knicks. But the other part of the Tibbs experience is that Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett are number one and two in minutes per game. That's how you do yeah. it. That's how you win some games. Play your best players a lot. Yeah. They've, they want to get out there. You know, the Knicks would like to... Who knows if they're going to actually build around Julius Randle? Probably not likely, but they would like to increase his trade value, and this is certainly working. Him looking like prime Chris Webber out there. Meanwhile, Barrett just looks like a different player. He looks stronger. He looks more decisive. And, you know, I think uh, Tibbs has kind of unleashed him a little bit here. Quickly, like you're saying, almost played the entire fourth quarter. Pick and roll guards do pretty well with Tom Thibodeau. Mm. DJ Augustine had his best years as a bull. Nate Robinson, John Lucas III. There are all these random guys that Tibbs would put out there that could handle the ball and just get some shots up. You know, we think of Tom Thibodeau as a defensive coach. Obviously he is. But the rumor is when he played basketball back in the day, he was a shoot first point guard. So I always <laughs> love that his backup point guards just come in and gun. It's awesome. Yeah. And it seems to work. 
Quickly was good last night. I think he ended up with 16, had a nice assist. Uh, Austin Rivers made a few more plays. The Knicks are getting contributions from everyone. It's not going to last for the whole season, right? It's probably not going to, but maybe if if these young guys are able to stay on the court through uh, the Tibbs 40 minutes a game, Maybe it gives them a chance to at least uh, be knocking on the door of that play-in tournament. Yeah, wouldn't it be so Knicks-like to, in a year where we possibly can have fans in the arenas for playoff games, that the Knicks would make the playoffs and we wouldn't, <laughs> you know, poor Knicks fans couldn't yeah. even be able to attend MSG games. But uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a great start. And uh, it's really just that identity to me. They're playing hard. Uh, they're no doubt. Yeah, they're... They're a bit of a you know, cast of misfits there when you look at the roster, although there is some young talent that is, again, starting to improve. Um, but they're just playing their asses off. Uh, now, it got a little uh, Nickish <laughs> late in the game, specifically some turnovers. Reggie Bullock throwing a pass off the back of the backboard, Whoa. trying to save it. That was interesting, but they had it. You know, they had built a, a big enough lead, and uh, of course, uh, held on to uh, keep the Hawks at bay. At uh, it's, yeah, the Knicks it's and Hawks lowlights from the last one minute of this game <laughs> felt like when they were both ten win teams or yeah. something, right? Cam Reddish botching the dunk with a massive oh, yeah. brick off the back, it goes flying, and that's how Reggie Bullock even gets that to have the turnover. There was some wild stuff happening. If you're a Knicks fan and you see the Knicks winning that game. It must just feel completely <laughs> asinine to you that your team won a weird game like that, had a comeback the way they did. Randall was unstoppable on the glass. They could not keep this guy off the offensive boards, and it was huge. Uh, I can't believe it. The Knicks are back. Nick's, oh Nick's Twitter was hilarious during this game because they were down big. They were down, I think, 15 points yep. in that third quarter. So it's like, you know, all right, the Knicks are the Knicks are back to being the bad Knicks. And then they were in a comfortable lead, and it's like, Knicks are playoffs, baby. And then it was like the Knicks are Nixing in that last minute and a half there because they just couldn't the, quite the get over the line. The full spectrum but, of uh, Knicks fandom there, yeah. Yeah, uh, but you mentioned Austin Rivers there. He actually was very good for them defensively last night too on Trey Young at the end there. You know, he, he's able to sort of keep this, uh, keep in front of Trey Young, just make things difficult for him. Trey had another good game, but he wasn't able to really sort of take over and dominate at the end like he would have liked to uh, scoring-wise. You know, the Hawks' offense really slowed down in that fourth quarter, and uh, and Austin Rivers deserves some credit credit for just being right in the grill of Trey Young there and just making it difficult for him. So, uh, you know, he and he's talked about that, you know, Austin Rizzi being there in the Knicks. He's a professional. He's a veteran. He's been around a lot. He goes out there and he battles. You know, he does battle. So uh, I thought that was good. It's just, it's, it's a good win for the New York Knicks right now. And uh, you're right, Trey. Like, will it last? Probably not. I just don't think they have the depth of talent right now. But listen, if, if, you, if you play hard every night and you defend the way they have been defending these last couple of games, you give yourself a chance. Yeah, I mean, I look at the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference. I wouldn't have them near the top by any means, but I look at the ones, you know, in the lower half. Like and the this type of Knicks team is just as good as any of them on any, on any given night. To me, a lot of these teams, the five or six teams, seven teams even. So playoffs, the play-in tournament should be the goal for sure. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we weren't going to say it like that, that the play-in tournament was the goal. I well, mean, no, that's why I said both. Playoffs yeah, and then yeah. I changed it to the play-in I've tournament. hardened even harder on this. I yeah. think that the play-in tournament is the playoffs, and oh, I'll tell wow. you why. I'm a Bears fan. They just made the NFL playoffs by backing into the seventh seed, which didn't exist before this season. The NFL, happy oh. to call every team that makes the postseason the playoffs. This is an easy win for the NBA. Call every team the playoffs. Why not? Yeah, Lee, they expanded the uh, wild card games here for this season for the NFL. I don't. Is, is that, that is that just for yeah. this season, Trey, or is that officially moving forward? For the that NFL? I don't know. That, that I don't know. know. I okay. assume they'll keep it. More playoff games. Well, money, money, yeah. money, 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 money. Um, all right. Well, our next game here. Tatum scores forty 
in the Celtics 126-114 win over the Raptors. I see you assholes smiling away over there. Before I bury the Raptors, yeah. Uh, before I bury the Raptors, of course, kudos to the Celtics, uh, especially Jason Tatum, who is unbelievable right now. Jason Tatum could have had 60 points in this game. Easily. Easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I swear to God. I mean, it was like so simple for him you know get some pick and roll action attack the raptors bigs and it was like marching to the line and get anything he wanted in this game celtics were playing without two of their best guards too of course no kemba walker and then no marcus smart who's really important to them and they still led by 26 in the second half they shot nearly 50 percent from the floor great great win by the bead town boys there in a tough uh you know schedule wise a lot of us were looking at like that was their third and fourth what mm-hmm. third game and fourth nights it was a back-to-back situation blah 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 like damn they, they put the beat down on Toronto. But the reps, wow, where to start? Um, you know, you, you can talk about whether you're ready to press the panic button. Maybe you've already had, maybe you're still waiting, but the vibes are funky with this squad. And you're hearing it even in quotes, you know, from Van Vliet, who had a killer game. They probably lose by 80 if he doesn't have a great game. You're hearing it from Lowry, just like, we, we have no swagger. This is foreign to us because, you know, the Raptors the last five or six years, Lee, I mean, this doesn't happen to them, really. They're they're usually in games. And I think Blake Murphy wrote this morning, you know, it's been a long time for a game for Toronto where, you know, they they basically sort of waved the white flag <laughs> or, or could have because it's just like the, it wasn't there. There was yeah. the effort was missing. I think they were outplayed rather than waving the white flag. And Jason Tatum was just unstoppable, uh, really. But, you know, you talk about missing their two best guards, but not when they got P-squared coming off the bench, dropping 23 points. The rookie Peyton Pritchard out there. Um, that, oh, that, my God. I, think- I, I tweeted, I would rather have Wanamaker hitting three than, uh, than what I call the fundamental professor from the N1 uh, in Pritchard. I mean, yeah, he killed us. He, he did, but, uh, you know, the, the Celtics, uh, uh, you know, and this was a game, I think the Raptors were favorite going into it, and you could understand why. As you mentioned there, they're yeah. a bit shorthanded, a, a tough schedule there for them. But Jason Tatum is the best player out on the court there last night by so far, by and the mile. Raptors had no answer at all for him. I mean, he was hitting those ones where he's falling out of bounds at three as the shot clock uh, was expiring. I mean, he was just incredible. And the thing is, the Raptors got off to a good start. It was almost yeah. like, right... Let's hit these guys early because maybe their legs will catch up with them. Oh, I, I actually thought the Raptors were going to win this by like 25. Yeah. Because it, it, of the schedule, because of the missing players, because the Raptors were desperate. Yeah, and it started yeah. well, but yeah. Um, but then in that second half, whatever offensive uh, intent they had in that first half just wasn't there in the second half, I didn't second think. Second quarter, mate. It's, well, second <laughs> quarter, yeah. I, I'm trying to give them that benefit of maybe that first sort of <laughs> quarter and a half here where things were close. Uh, but once the, once the, the problem is once the Celtics got that lead to double digits... You just it just didn't feel like the Raptors had another punch. Well, that's my point, Lee. That yeah. you can't say that for for Raptors teams prior. No, you absolutely can't. not. Yeah, absolutely, especially a Kyle Lowry, a Kyle Lowry team. They fight and they scrap for everything. Um, but I, but again, there's a difference between not having a punch and sort of waving the white flag. And I, I didn't see that. It's just like they are so out of sync right now. This Raptors team, they just cannot seem to get on the same page. Whether it's Norm Powell, you know, whether it's Siakam, I know oh. he's taking a lot of heat right now. I think they will be back because this team has been there before and they're experienced, they're well-coached, they're deep, they've got the continuity. So all those factors to me tells me the Raptors will get it together. But when you suck, sometimes, you just suck. You just suck. <laughs> I mean, and that happens. So you, you see it when teams win, uh, you know, they go on a 10-11 game win streak. They're like, oh my God, this team just can't miss a beat. Everything's clicking. I think it's exactly the same when you're losing. You're just like, oh my God, we, we, we just cannot... 
seem to get into a rhythm. Uh, and again, it's a team like the Celtics, and the Celtics and the Raptors have a good rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Celtics, which is fantastic last night, and 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 Jalen Brown was good again, not as good as Tatum, but right. uh, you know, yeah. T- but the Raptors' best players, let's be honest here, their their best players, their um, you know toughest minded players, whatever their leaders, they're both six feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is an issue. Um, you know, Kyle didn't have a great game uh, last night. Van Vliet had a monster game, one of his best games, actually. They can't seem to get on the same page and yeah. play sort of well in the same game. But those guys, you know, they're not really the problem. It really is everybody else. Siakam, moderately better last night, but the bar is so low it's lying on the ground. I mean, it's <laughs> he's not really shooting the basketball to me. He's like, I, I, he is just flipping. And I know that's sort of his M.O. and always was, but it it's wild. I don't know. He is really, I appears to be in his head. It's Norman, never an easy basket for Siakam, never, it feels like. Never. Maybe in transition he'll get one, but if it's in a half court, it's going to be 40 spins and a flip right. up, and you hope it bounces 40 times right. on the rim and drops through. You mentioned uh, that their six-footers are their best players. I think you're missing Marc Gasol a lot here. You know, there are so many times where we're like, come on, Marc Gasol, shoot the ball. You're wide open for three. That connector piece is important, right? To get yep. the ball from one side of the court to the other. Even if Gasol wasn't looking at the rim, he was making the right decision, keeping the ball moving, getting shots and switching the side of the court just to give a better attacking uh, spot to somebody like Siakam because right now you're just able to load up on it. Baines, you know, maybe he'll hit a three uh, if somebody leaves him wide you open. You can't hit a three, Trey, if you can't catch the ball. Hey, we're just trying to give him the benefit of the <laughs> oh, doubt here, Skeets. <laughs> but uh, it has been bad. You know, Marc Gasol seemed a bit like a luxury, but now it's pretty apparent that he was a necessity for the Raptors. They will turn it around. Uh, Like Fred Van Vliet said, he's like, I've never been on a losing team, pretty much, right? Like, he won a G League championship. He won a D or uh, an NBA championship. He went to a Final Four in college. This has to be foreign from him. I'm sure he was partying at Magic Waters back in the day. But things will turn around. Um, But right now, it just looks ugly. You got to see something more from Siakam, especially considering they are sort of in the same tier as the Celtics. And we've seen the Celtics go out and have two different guys score 40 this week. Yeah. Did you well, guys remember it all last season? There was a play against the Mavericks where Siakam had the ball just after halfway, did this really cool dribbling move under his legs, and then he just sort of slalomed his way into the basket there and flipped it up and scored. And it was one that like worldwide Wob was like, oh my God, I've seen enough. This guy is a legit mm-hmm, star. Mm-hmm. We just haven't seen any of that confidence, I don't think, from Siakam this season where he, he just sort of feels like he can go inside and get one of his herky-jerky little baskets it just feels like, like you say, he's shooting, but he's like hoping rather than like going in there and really generating that offense. And uh, he's I not think getting that, to the line a ton. That, exactly. And I, I think mean, that's a big part of it. I think it, teams have figured him out a little bit, though, too. That's also right? a part of it. Yeah, because he, he had that unconventional style sometimes mm-hmm. where you would see him and, and then he just throws it over his shoulder and it goes in. But I, I still think that's there. He just needs to have one of those games. Um, but he hasn't been able to sort of shake but, the But Trey's sort of right to me. Like, he never really was. And this is the truth. We were hoping as Raps fans that he might blossom into it. And maybe he still does. But he's not Tatum where it's like, give him the ball. He's not Kawhi, of course. Give him the ball. Go get us two, man. Like, it's just not, that's not, it's not him yet. I don't know if it's going to be. Which just becomes a little worrisome when, you know, obviously getting the pick payday, payday and like maybe he's not, maybe he cannot be the 1A guy on a team. He'd be a, yeah. still a, probably a great second, third guy, but I don't know about the number one guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he got that payday on more than just the finals and the playoffs, though, I think. I, I think it's there. I, again, I think, I think a lot of it is probably the scouting on him is a lot more uh, tougher these days where it's like, hey, listen, this guy can score. He can do these 
tricky things. You've got to be careful for it. So it's up to him to now adjust a little bit and mix up that game. You know, maybe go for that mid-ranger, maybe find a floater in there. But getting contact, getting to the free throw line, yeah. I think is very, very important for him. Uh, and, and he's not doing it, so... I'm sending a petition to the league to scratch any of these Tampa Raptors records. This, this really shouldn't count. These should be swiped from the, the history books here, from the record books. Because this is not the Toronto Raptors. This is the Tampa Raptors. You had Celtics fans cheering for Taco Fall in the, in the third quarter there. Um, yeah, I'm with uh, Alex Wong on this one. He's been calling the 2019 Raptors last year the team that always came back, the heart of a champion Raptors. This is the expansion, Tampa Bay Raptors. (laughs) It doesn't feel the same, because you're right. Last year, if they were down by 15, it was the Raptors coming back. It was never say die, and it's basically the flip-flop this year. Yeah. The name you're starting to hear a lot, Skeets. It's in the stream team. It's on Twitter. Should the Raptors go get James Harden? Mm. Ah, man. I Like, this is... I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think I say no, they shouldn't. Um, Just because I'm not truly convinced... Trading for Harden, you know, is putting the Raptors uh, over the top, and suddenly sure. it's like a Kawhi-like move. Um, you know, look, though, that all said, you know, we trusted Masai to do the right thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I really don't. And we just need some of these guys to start playing better. Siakam's getting buried, and rightfully True. so. Norman Powell, I've mentioned him a couple times on our podcast. He's shooting 30%. And and we're and they need a wing player. <laughs> I mean, they need a bigger guy on the perimeter to do something. He has been garbage. He, you can add him to the Kelly Oubre and Devontae Graham list for guys that just can't hit a shot right now. It's it's horrible. Norm, I, I'm like, I can't even believe that's Norman Powell out there playing, especially from what we saw last year. Bainesy, I hate to go back to him, but mm. it's like he's a uh, the Aussie Balrog from Street Fighter playing in boxing gloves. He can't catch a pass, Lee, or, or finish inside. Yeah, I, I, yeah, uh, I have been disappointed. I thought Bainesy was going to be a great fit on that team. And maybe he will be again. It's still early. It's yeah. still early. But yeah. Because I think he does provide good defense and spreads the floor offensively. Uh, but yeah, so far we he has not seen it yet. And it's gotten no. so bad that then he gets benched. For Alex Len. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the two-headed look, monster. I can't believe I like yeah. I've kept quiet on Alex Len. I've hated Alex Len since he came in this league. I thought he was garbage right from the get-go. Then he finds his way to your team and you're like, "Okay, well, I'll just Yeah, you have, to, you have just, to. Yeah, you have to. It's your team. And I'm not and I'm not saying Alex Len is the reason they they have one victory, but like it's like that's how bad it is. It's Alex Len time, you know, in the second half. Like that's how bad Bandy's been. And uh and OG Great defense, we know that. He can't hit a three. I mean, he's nine of 36 on threes. Yeah. A lot of them are, are, are those corner threes that uh, he hits with more consistency. So maybe that turns around, but everything that could go wrong for the Raptors is going wrong right now. I, I was expecting more from OG too this season. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, He got the big contract. He was good down there in the bubble. He's a very good defensive player. He's that two-way player. They need him. They need him right now to take that step up where it's like he's shooting 60% from three. You know, like They need something from him and... Uh, He's a struggle. But again, you, you look across the board and, and Kyle's not playing all that well right now. Fred's up and down a bit as well. They, they're they not consistent. And, and that's that's the real problem here for uh, Nick Nurse. He's got to figure it out. But again, I, I believe in depth, continuity, balance, experience. I believe those things will come through at some point for the Raptors. But uh, right now, they, they just can't get that win. Again, you go back to the game against the Pelicans on, I think it was Saturday night. You know, they were down, they fought their way back late into that game, had a chance to win it, and they just couldn't close it out. And and you could just sort of see they just don't have that uh, that confidence at the end of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one didn't get to it like last night. I mean, they made it a fake, oh, fake post a fake game. fake comeback you know. if I ever saw one. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, but but didn't the uh, Celtics have to bring back in? Uh, yeah, they brought their, their stuff yeah back yeah in. because it was just a little bit nervous ah, sure. there. But, <laughs> uh, but. That, a tough little stretch here. I mean, it doesn't get easier for the Raps. They open a four game Western swing now uh, Wednesday night in Phoenix. So now they're now they're on the road. Though they're always on the road. Yeah. Because uh, it's uh, you know it sucks. It's unfortunate. And I saw Josh Lewinberg to uh, speak to what you were talking about Gasol Trey. You know, do they miss Ibaka and Gasol? Yeah, but. They were good without those guys when they weren't playing last year. That's the truth. Like they were eighteen and ten without Gasol. They were thirteen and four without Ibaka last season. They were twelve and two without Lowry. Thirteen and five without Van Vliet. I mean, they they continued to rack up wins because of what Lee's talking about the depth uh, of the squad and the plug and play guys. But um, it's just it's not there right now. Uh, and the standing doesn't even work anymore. Stand. Uh-huh. I'm just, maybe I got to start lying down. <laughs> bring back planking yes <laughs> watch the game face down until the Raptors yeah. are good again hey, I would try anything right now I'll have to try that on Wednesday night okay Any, uh, well, let's keep going we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about the Raptors uh, in the coming days okay next game this was a this was a crazy game Brogdon hits OT winner as the Pacers top the Pelicans 118-116 Trey big takeaway well, my big takeaway is thanks to Lee Ellis with the clip work here, because I don't know if I would have turned on Pacers versus Pelicans had it not been for Lee playing the clip of Miles Turner's game-tying three-pointer. Uh, an insane shot. The guy shoots the ball as high as you possibly can, and it's a pure swish. I don't know how the Pacers got back in this game. They were down by six with 30 seconds left. Victor Oladipo brings the ball up. Cans, uh three from like 27 feet away, yeah. a deep one on the next inbounds. It's uh, it's the steal that gets the Turner three. It was reminding me of Bulls versus Hornets last year when Zach Levine had that crazy three uh, that won him the game. And then in overtime, Oladipo, five points and assist. Like you said, Brogdon hit the game winner. But the Pelicans still had a chance because Zion had an incredible take to the hoop with a spin and a layup. I know it wasn't a dunk ski. <laughs> that was nice. It was nice. It was nice. That was nice. And then I thought maybe they were going to complete the Hail Mary. Lonzo chucking the ball uh, down oh, to yeah. Zion. If he would have thrown it, I don't know, a yard further, that would have been a touchdown to Zion. He puts the ball up for the hoop and the Pelicans maybe take the win. But this was a crazy ending. It's worth going back and watching the highlights just to see how the Pacers pulled out this victory. There's some great... Brandon Ingram highlights, tough finishes, really nice passing. He had a behind-the-back dribble spin move that was insane. And, you know, Victor Oladipo's looking all right right now. The explosion, I don't think, is quite where it was during his prime, but he's got a lot more craft to his game right now. So with TJ Warren going out for a little bit, it's been nice to see Oladipo getting back to himself. Yeah, I mean, you talk about whether the Knicks can keep it up. Lee, can the Pacers keep this up you probably have more confidence in the Pacers do you not to uh, have one of the better records in the East right yeah like because they're just again so consistent and so tough defensively uh I mean this was a game I don't know how they actually made this to overtime and then went on to win it you know you just sort of figure that it that the Pelicans would have succeeded because as Trey mentioned there Brandon Ingram was incredible again late last night he, he's been so good for this team playmaking scoring going to the basket hitting that mid-range shot and Zion had another very good game as well out there. Lonzo Ball even had a good game here for the Pelicans, but it's just that resilience from the Pacers. Not sexy. Malcolm Brogdon's game winner is not going to be one of those ones that we watch over and over and over again, but it won the game for them, and uh, and that's what he does. Is he, he makes the right play, and uh, you know it, it goes in. It's not like he's trying to wait for the clock to end and hit the fadeaway step back or anything like that. He right. just goes inside and scores it. Uh, but yeah, You feel the... so calm when exactly. Malcolm Brogdon yeah. has the ball. Like You just have so much like confidence. He's like 
He's going to do the right thing. Exactly. You know, whether it goes in, like, you're just like, all right, we're good. He's got it. I, yeah. I'm serious here. And, like, the way Turner's playing under the new coach, Nate Bjorkren, and Sabonis is, like, all NBA, and then you said Trey Oladipo getting back to shades of, you know, Oladipo two years ago, that's four really damn good players. That, <laughs> that I, I like all four of those guys. Um, and then the pieces, like, doing their part around them and with the good defense, this is a good team. Mm-hmm. They, they, will, they, will, they will be, once again, a, a team you don't want to see in a playoff series, I think. You nailed it, that they are a good team. Every yeah. player that plays for the Pacers is good. Like, TJ McConnell is their backup point guard. He's been pretty solid. TJ Warren is out for a little bit, so they're able to bring in a guy like Aaron Holiday to start in his place. Maybe Justin Holiday to start in his place as well. These are all guys who have started for NBA teams for a long time, and they're just able to have good rotation players and apparently that's good enough to win like 60% of your games. And I don't know. I've been enjoying it. This is not the game to watch, though, if you have anti-big bias like Skeets. There were two big guys on the court <laughs> for most of the game on yeah. both sides. That was awesome. Uh, Sabonis struggled a little. Zion almost fouled him out. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, but why wasn't Zion starting in overtime? Yeah, that was weird. They well, said was he was um, at the scorer's table for a while, but there just wasn't a break in play. I don't know. Yeah. I would have got him back in sooner. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Lee. Yeah, well, well, Sabonis did fail out as well, which, yeah. uh, you know, for the Pacers, losing another one of their solid players to go and get the victory was great for them. But Zion did have, I don't know if you saw it, Skeets, it was going around a bit this morning. He saved the play, you know, sort of the, the ball's going out of bounds, saved it, yeah, yeah. and then came, ran back down the other end and had another, uh, a very nice finish. He seems, though, to be able to avoid contact a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's like sort of a giant Derrick Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, again, considering his size, it's like he can take that contact, but he seems to, like, he when he finishes, around it. Yeah. It's, there's, there's not much body contact there with him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, an interesting one. Like, statistically, if you want to get into the weeds for this one, like, Zion was a plus 18 on the game, but Brandon Ingram was a minus six. Now, Zion did have a great game, but Brandon Ingram, for me, was clearly, again, their best player out there mm. last night. And, uh he, he just continues to improve his game. And um, again, it's a maturity thing, I think. I think it's not being where he was in LA. He doesn't have that same pressure on him out there in New Orleans. But, uh, you know, he and Zion starting to, you know, like is there's been a question, would these two guys sort of get in each other's way a little bit? And I don't think that's a problem right now. I, mm-hmm. I think they are figuring it out. Stan Van Gundy's got a way of having those guys to be able to play together. Uh, which is important because they're two young stars and they gave Brandon Ingram the big contract. I think they were going to do that anyway in the offseason. But moving forward, you know, can this be a one-two combination? And uh, there's still plenty of time here. They've still got to figure some things out. But I think you can see that it it potentially can work here because Brandon Ingram has expanded his game so much that he doesn't just stay in one spot, you know? Mm -hmm. He's out on the perimeter sometimes. He's got that shot. He is setting up his teammates. I think you were talking about it, Trey, there, that sort of spinning assist he had out to Lonzo Ball where he, like, Mm -hmm. sliced through two defenders and then just flicked it out to Lonzo Ball. It was a beautiful play. So, um, you know, lots of good signs there for New Orleans. They're still, you know, they're not ready to compete for a championship by any means yet, but you can certainly see that this is a combination that could work for them going forward. Oh, yeah. They should have won this game. This was a gut punch loss. I mean, let's let's be honest. As as much as we want to give the Pacers credit for pulling it out, Pelicans handed it to them, uh, really. Uh, Steven Adams had a nice rebound highlight in this one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was awesome. Steven Adams was going nuts hitting the offensive boards in overtime. (laughs) That was fun to watch. You know I love a good rebound highlight. So so good game. Yeah, go back and at least catch the highlights of that one. Uh, Pacers-Pelicans. All right, let's keep it going here. Giannis scores 40 three oh as the bucks beat the pistons 125 115 lee the bucks starting to hit the threes Giannis looking like uh you know that mvp like Giannis. what's your other takeaways 
Yeah, we needed to see something like that from Giannis where I thought he might have been going for 60 for Steph's uh, record there that, that was set a night earlier because uh, basically Giannis did what... This game was over at halftime. Giannis did whatever he wanted He had to like do. 31 or 30 it's, at the half. Something right? like that, yeah. Um, and a lot of those were just like inside the paint or just basically uh, nothing the Pistons could do to stop them. They were without Blake Griffin uh, again missing that game. But, but and the Pistons, you know, they're, they're a tough team to watch at the best of times. There was one really cool highlight though here from Giannis I don't know if you saw it, where it was a, from a, uh, an end of out-of-bounds play and someone threw up the alley-oop. We often see that. But he used his left hand, that gigantic left hand, to catch it and just throw it down. And, uh, you know, we we, do, we haven't seen quite a, like a freakish play from Giannis for a while. And uh, while that's yeah. not super freakish, it just again shows how, uh, how long and how athletic he is to just get that in the one hand, palm it with his off hand, and just throw down the dunk from an inbounds play. So uh, I thought that was, a, that was cool. Not much else really in this game uh, to look at. The Pistons were never really a chance. The Bucks, though, a pretty dominant victory. I, I think the final score was maybe only ten or fifteen points. Yeah, what was it? But yeah, but uh, this game was well and truly over at halftime, and uh, something for the Bucks again, just to start to build to to show that they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. We haven't seen it really uh, up until this point. Yeah. Anything to add to this one, Trey? What do you, what do you think of these Bucks blue jerseys? Uh, seeing those in action, I, I, I don't like them wearing blue. I don't know what it is. It's weird to talk yourself yeah. into it being the Bucks wearing blue, but I remember yeah. election night back in November, seeing Milwaukee flip Wisconsin blue as the votes came in with the Fiserv forum open for voting. So I'm for it. The right. Bucks are wearing blue wave jerseys in a blue wave year. Fine by me. Yeah, make sure if you're listening in Georgia here. Get it. Vote today. I uh, got the runoff today, January 5th. All right, final game, guys. Five games. One thing from each one. Embiid's double-double leads the 76ers past the Hornets, 118-101. Philly now 6-1. and one. Best record in the league. Trey, what's your takeaway? Well, this was not a fair fight for the 76ers. We're talking about Joel Embiid and Dwight Howard versus Bismack Biombo and backup five, P.J. Washington, who is not a huge man. 14 offensive rebounds for the Sixers, 18 second-chance points. 64 points in the paint Mm. for Philadelphia. Skeets, uh, you mentioned yesterday, would my dad request a trade if I wasn't getting (laughs) enough touches? I followed up with him uh, after the show yesterday. I said, Dad, would you request a team trade me if I wasn't playing enough? He said, interesting question. What's behind it? I had to explain to him the dad bags situation. Kings Marvin Bagley's dad started tweeting. He wanted the Kings to trade him because he wasn't getting enough minutes. Knowing the situation, my dad says, I wanted to do something like that when you were at NBA TV. Personally, I wanted you to have more airtime. That's my daddy! So, if you turn on a show sometime in the next couple of weeks, and I'm not here, it's going to be because I'm playing backup big for the Charlotte Hornets. They need some guys out there just to bang bodies, because honestly, watching Embiid and Dwight Howard just throw people out of the way to dominate inside... What are you supposed to do yeah. if you're the Hornets? Those are the games you want to see from Joel Embiid where he just goes out, you know he has an advantage, and he uses it to his advantage. Sixers look exactly like everybody has wanted the Sixers to look like since Embiid and Simmons really came onto the scene. Looks good so far. Uh, I like, though, that they're saying all the right things, too, with this you know, with this 6-1 and one record. They're basically like, we haven't really played anyone yet. Yeah. Like, they're sort of saying that. Like, we've had a pretty easy schedule, and we're getting the wins, taking care of business. Okay, but we got, you know... Bigger plans uh, than than starting, you know, winning six of our first seven games. We want to win a championship, so I, I like that. I like that vibe coming from this team. And and you, yeah, you can only you know play and beat who's in front of you on the schedule, and that's what they've done so yep. far. Yeah, and they got Washington next, and then they got Brooklyn. Though Durant's likely yeah, to we'll miss get that, to that game, yep. uh, and then they got Denver. So 
Embiid versus Jokic, we'll see. I mean, they, they have different styles of games here. The Nuggets obviously need wins. So that will be a little bit more of a test here for Philadelphia. But but certainly, uh, I mentioned this yesterday on the show, their offense certainly doesn't look as congested as it did. And uh, again, part of that, of course, is the opponents. But I think I'm seeing Joel Embiid, he seems to be a lot more patient yes. out there. He's not forcing things as, as we've seen him in the past where you can dominate, you know, and throw your body around and be the be, be great but you don't have to force things. And uh, he hasn't been doing that. And, and Simmons, I thought, was very good again last night. But uh, yeah, the Sixers, and having Seth Curry out there on the floor is very, very good for them as well. Because if the ball finds his way to his hands, he's knocking down that three-pointer, which is uh, which is great for Philadelphia. So uh, lots of good signs here for them. Again, easy-ish schedule. We'll yep. see what happens here when they start playing, uh, you know, when they go on a road trip as well out west or something like that. And they have... A little bit of a tougher schedule to see if it can still hold up the, the way they've been playing. All right, bonus question here. Just because I asked you about the uh, Bucks jerseys, Trey, I got to get both of your reactions to the to the Heats. Uh, I guess vice versa is how they're calling these jerseys and court. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're joining us on YouTube, we're showing you a photo of this like gradient paint that goes like from you know a deep pink to a light pink to the blue a very ice cream like and then there's a photo of the jerseys here <laughs> which are also this wild gradient i mean trey are you a fan of these like, what's your take on these i thought i was going to be a fan of these but this looks like a euro league team out there <laughs> it also somehow makes the oklahoma city thunder who are wearing white jerseys it mm. made them look like they were wearing pink jerseys yes. just because yeah. it's reflecting off yeah. the floor this also looked to me like a, a team I would create in a 2K game. In fact, I once made a team, all of us, called the Las Vegas Bamboo Boys. <laughs> our, uh, our gradient was from pink to orange, and it looked insane. But then the key came out with this as their actual court. It's just a little too much, if you ask me. Uh, I don't know. The Heat have been banging it out of the park with this mm. Vice theme for the past couple of seasons. They really went for it this year. And I don't know, the jerseys combined with the courts, that's a lot of colors. Yeah, that, that's why when we did our little uh, TikTok video there, like uh, doing thumbs up or thumbs down uh, at the start of the season on all these city jerseys, I went down ultimately on the Heat on this version of it because I'm just like, all right, all right, you're going a little too far, all right, with this cool colorway. I, I think you've just gone one step too far. But Lee, what's your opinion? You like no, it? No, I'm the same. And uh, I, I thought I sort of thought Trey would probably be into it. But then, uh, so I'm happy to hear that he's not, even he thinks it's a little bit too much because it is kind of like they're wearing tie-dye out there but not a good job of it you know it's, it's like uh it's sort of halfway i mean the thing is with the heat they had such a good reaction to their miami vice jerseys a few years ago yeah. i think they just sort of thought we can do anything now people are going to love these jerseys uh and, and now it's like nah nah you got a bit <laughs> drunk on power i think down there uh these are just a little bit too much i mean Stick to one color there. I mean, maybe try something with the shorts, maybe a little bit of a different color to the top. I don't know. I mean, the Hawks tried that a few years ago. It didn't go all that well. But uh, well, yeah, yeah it's weird to see the gradient go, you know, from left to right. Yeah. Mean, we've seen Jersey, of course, go up down. But uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's bull. And the paint, I, like the paint looked on the court. Too. I, it oh, yeah. It didn't look very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not a great look, but uh, but I'm sure the Heat will, will, will get it right again at some point because they, they tend to get that one right. But uh, yeah, this one was just just a little over the top. Maybe it would have looked different with a crowd there. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Do you think they run these by Pat Riley? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, do you, what do you think? Do you, they put it front, in front of Pat Riley say, what do you think, Pat? Uh, that's a great question because... Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, he, he, he's synonymous with the Miami Heat right. with everything they do, but is that something that Pat would... I mean, we saw him in the last dance. Pat's got some drip too, I, you know? I was going to say, Pat Riley may have, like, yeah. okayed this for all we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Because I, I, I think Pat would have almost been like, no, nah, guys, just reel it back in a little bit. We don't yeah. need to be... So sexy, you know, but but, <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> okay, let's hear from you guys. Are you fans uh, of the new? Uh, I guess I think it's the final edition. They're sort of calling it of the of the Heat Vice City, vice versa, whatever whatever term they've applied to it. Are you a fan? Let us know uh, in the stream team, and of course, tweet at us at No Dunk Sick. All right, we're gonna get to the Kevin Durant news. We got some other news, but uh, first, a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, some news. Let's get to this KD news. According to Shams. Kevin Durant will need to quarantine for seven days after the NBA's contact, excuse me, tracing initiative revealed that he has been exposed to COVID-19. KD already had the virus early in the outbreak, has tested negative, and still has antibodies, according to Woj, but the league's rules do not distinguish between players that have had COVID and those that haven't. The Nets are going to play four games in the next seven days. So this is this is sort of crazy, uh, Trey. Um, I don't know what your take uh, is on this, but no KD for the next week, even though he doesn't have, you know, COVID. He, he hasn't tested positive for it. He already had it, but, you know, he's been around people that apparently have. Yeah, it's a crazy scenario for the Nets. Like you're saying, he had it already, but we don't know what the presence of antibodies means for spreading mm-hmm. COVID. So rules are rules, and that means four games in a week when the Nets are kind of struggling. They've lost four of five. The defense seems to be a bit of a mess. Kevin Durant obviously is their best player and likely could be their most impactful defender when he's 100% locked in. Just uh, not great timing for a team that you look at what they did last year. It was like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were there. Kevin Durant didn't play. Kyrie was in. Then he was out. Then he was out for the season. They just couldn't really yeah. uh, get anything going, and it feels a little bit like that right now. This is only a week. For right now, but uh, it's a busy season where we're seeing more and more games during uh, during the weeks. So, I mean, it's it's tough. You know, the, the Nets are already trying to figure things out, and now they're going to be missing their biggest, best piece for an, an entire week right now. So, you know, hopefully Kevin Durant and all the other Nets who are are affected by this contract tracing are completely healthy and safe. And hopefully he comes back soon so the Nets can put their best team together out there. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I think uh, it's very good, though, from the NBA to not take any chances here at all with this COVID because uh, if they just sort of say, well, he's had it before and, you know, he hasn't tested positive for it, let's just let him go. And then all of a sudden he does because this can show up a couple of days after you test negative anyway, then it could just derail the season. And and so I think the NBA certainly just has, has got to be overly cautious in what they do here. Uh, for the Nets, yeah, it, it sucks. They're going to be without their best player here for, for a tough stretch of games. But that it's more important that people don't spread this virus, if you ask me. Um, you, you're seeing right now in other countries, like, for example, in England, they've gone to a complete shutdown just about except for professional sport uh, because they sort of need something for people to be able to do and see and to watch. And and we all know what it was like when the, when the lockdown happened, when there was no sports here. It was something we hadn't seen before. So I think it's very important that the league is able to continue functioning. But if anyone is at any risk whatsoever, I, I think it's very important to uh, just isolate that person and keep them away until... They have passed all necessary protocols to return because uh, we certainly don't want to get into that situation again where, you know, like any team that the Nets have played or been in contact with, potentially they have to uh, isolate their players as well. And then and then we get into a, a pretty, pretty chaotic situation. Yeah, I think they're being extremely cautious in the KD uh, scenario here, and that's fine. Um, but I'm a little confused about is like, okay, 
and I, I don't know the full details, so uh, you know maybe I'm, I'm I'm speaking when I shouldn't. But like the Clippers, right? They had a bunch of people on their staff. Um, I don't know if they tested positive or there was concerns uh, of them, you know, being around people with COVID. But like, so they're this is a part of their staff. So I assume these guys, a part of their staff and women, are around the players or had been. But they're not canceling Clipper games, right? Like they feel like I guess the testing is showing within the players that they're still negative, so they're still good to go. I, it's just like a it's a it's a cloudy area, and I get it. It's mm. it's difficult. There's probably no right answer, and, and you do again want to be cautious. But like, what's going on there? That then okay, then we're, we're fine with the players playing in that game. You know what I mean? It's yeah, um, yeah. Again, it, it is tough. But I don't know that. the details, so maybe yeah. maybe it's they feel comfortable enough that it's not as close as whatever was happening with with KD and whoever he was around. Yeah, yeah. And Adam Silver sort of talked about this coming into the season that like it's going to be kind of like just uh, as these situations arise, almost dealing with them as they're happening because uh, no, you know, it, it, so so it could easily just get out of hand again, and I think they don't want to do that, but. Uh, you know, when it comes to someone like Kevin Durant, if there's any chance that he's got it, I, I guess it's better to keep weighing with the Clippers situation. Uh, I, again, I, I don't know as well. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to know exactly what they've found out there, but uh, I guess they, uh, I guess they're just taking it case by case and, and handling mm-hmm. it that way. And I think that's that, that, that's probably the best thing to do for the time being, anyway. Uh, rather than rather than cause a, a mass shutdown again, uh, you know, just in case. Yeah, the NBA is adopting a tougher policy regarding masks, too, we just learned, right? Um, I guess Doc Rivers was fined $10,000 by the league for violating the policy where he's pulling his down frequently to communicate with players and officials. But I don't well, know why Doc got dinged every game I watch. I mean, this is happening. Tom Thibodeau is going to be out of pocket well, about I mean, $3 million then from last so, night. <laughs> so that's okay, yeah. whatever. He's being made an example, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I guess was it Shams reporting that Look, when you're on the bench, you better have that mask on. It sounds like coaches do need to keep them on more frequently. Um, but then, of course, when you play, you don't need to wear one. It's uh, Yeah, they're flying by their seat of their pants. You're right. They're just trying to continue to keep everybody safe and to continue to have a league to make money and to, uh, to entertain people. But wild times. All right, some other news here. Spurs point guard Derek White is out indefinitely after breaking his left second toe. White had off-season surgery on the same toe, but the the Spurs said on Monday the fracture is a new injury. Um, timeline has not been provided for his uh, actual return. But Lee, this is a tough loss for the Spurs here. You gave uh, the Spurs a loser of the weekend on Monday's show, and now they got this Derek White news. Yeah, and he's an important player for them. Uh, yeah. When we had Kirk Goldsbury on, uh, he was talking about how, how they scouted Kirk, uh, Derek White, and Kirk was in the uh, in the draft room when they drafted him, so he had big hopes for him, and he's really lived up to those. He's become a much better player, two-way player for that team over the last couple of seasons, and you know, for him to be out sort of indefinitely uh, is, a, is a really tough blow. And it is interesting. You mentioned there he had surgery on this same toe, but this is a different injury. I mean, mm. how big is that toe to get so many different injuries, you know? <laughs> like, uh, it's a toe, you know? Like, how many different ways can you injure that same one? I, I wonder. But, uh, but all, all jokes aside. Do you think on. NBA teams in the future could start looking at guys like old eight toes as, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, as, a as someone you want in your roster, less yeah. toes to injure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's got the webbed feet, so it's maybe it is harder to break those. Uh, yeah, break probably. Those toes if you try breaking a duck's foot, it's yeah. impossible. <laughs> yeah, right? maybe it's similar to like you know, you sprain your finger, so you tape three of them together. Yeah, just, yeah. that's what the Derek White needs yeah. to do. Web them up. Uh, web maybe old eight toes is ahead of the game. You know, but yeah. he he really should have been a great swimmer with that. Uh, with yeah, that webbed foot. Is, but I mean, 
But know. free to the water. That oh, was the ironic wasted, part. Wasted gold medals right there from old eight days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like performance enhancing in a way, isn't it? <laughs> well, With the web foot. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 natural, though. It's natural. He's born it's it, true. so, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, this sucks. Wait till he played one game this season, right? He played um, mm-hmm. against, against the, the Lakers. Lakers I think yeah, it was, nine yeah. points, um, two blocks. You know, he didn't do a whole ton. He, he played 23 minutes on that one. But he did just sign the extension that kicks in next season, four years, 73 million. And he had played really well in the bubble when he had come back from injury. He was, like, averaging 19, 5, and 4 down in the bubble. Um, so, tough loss here, right, uh, TK? I'm sure you agree with that. Oh, no doubt. Derek White seems to be a proven playoff performer, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards for the Spurs this year, especially if he's going to be out for any extended period of time, in which case, feel free to keep him out a little bit longer, improve those draft odds, pull a Tim Duncan. You know what I'm saying? You have a decent team, but an injury happens and you're able to work your way to a really good pick. We've been talking a lot about the Spurs and what they could do uh, in the future, whether it be trade Aldridge and DeRozan or Patty Mills, Rudy Gay. There's a lot of names out there, a lot of veteran players who could help some teams that are going to be playing in the playoffs. If the Spurs are committed to a youth movement, if Derek White is hurt, it's got to be time. It's got to be getting at least close to time. I mean, we'll know more. If Derek White's able to come back in two weeks, maybe they're able. the Spurs are able to rally around that and still put together a solid season. But if not... This might have to be the year. Might have to be the year that the Spurs decide to do something midseason. Yeah, toe injuries, man. They suck. Yeah. Nora just had no Nora just had a toe injury. Oh. She uh now we of course that we have Luna, our little puppy, you know, there's dog toys everywhere, right? Like like mm. hard chew bones, but they blend right into our carpet. You can't even see them. She stepped on one and then in sort of catching herself from falling, like stubbed her toe hardcore. Mm-hmm. But she was on uh, she was on the disabled list for a good three or four days. She couldn't walk, Luna. I had to do all really? the walking. Yeah, I mean, it hurt her a lot. Yeah, I mean, wow. she obviously didn't break it or she wouldn't be able yeah. to put any weight on it, but I'm sure she like sprained it really bad or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it's, it's a real thing, man. Watch your oh, It's toes a good thing like she that. already locked in that huge contract. So yeah. at least we know she's going to be banking off of it but uh oh, yeah. the bad thing about toes is you always got to use them every time yeah. you want to walk you got to use your toes so yeah. take your time Derek. and if you got dog toys lying around you got kids toys lying around look you should be wearing slippers that's what you should be doing <laughs> and now now this is ironic because nora makes fun of these slippers that i own and wear um well, I'll just show them to you. <laughs> oh, great. Here we I'm go. wearing them right now. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I could lift my foot up, but like, look at these things. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she hates these. I'm showing like this uh, uh, North Face look. It looks like a sleeping bag for your yeah, foot. Yeah. Uh, love these. Super comfortable. Shout out to my buddy Grish coming through with these because I saw him having, <laughs> he wore them. I'm like, what are those? Like, they got this, like, look at that. That's like a shoe there, Lee. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, you wear these. I mean, you can't stub your toe in these. These are like basically bricks, man. You wear those uh, outside? Well, that's the problem, right? I could, but I don't want to. And then, then I can't wear them inside. Yeah, I know. I told I you, know. man. I'll wear them I on know. the porch. I'll wear them on the porch. Yeah. I ain't going down on the grass in these. Yeah, There's that's no fair. Way. That's fair. That's fair. Because <laughs> slippers are indoor shoes. That's. I mean, you know, if I see someone out in the street, you know, wearing slippers, just that, like, like where I see some parents dropping off their kids wearing pajamas, I'm like. No. Okay, now now here's the beauty of a, a slipper like this, though, Lee, that is a shoe-like. Mm. Let's say in an emergency, oh, I see somebody trying to steal a bike <laughs> from my window inside. I got no problem bolting out in these. You know, I'm, sure. I'm, I could run them down in these, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not doing that in, in slides. I'm not doing that in, in sandals, you know, stuff like that. No. Flip-flops. So uh, 
In an emergency, you can wear your, your indoor, indoor slipper outside. <laughs> That's uh, under those circumstances yeah. to prevent a crime in progress. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I've said this before. I've always wanted to see somebody steal my bike in theory. I don't have a bike, but uh, my bike or a, a close friend's bike. And I've always wanted, as that person's trying to like get the speed going on the bike to get away, I've wanted to run them down. You know, God, put down must... a quick 40 and then pull them off the bike. That would hurt them. I mean, how fast are you running and how bad are they at pedaling a bike that I they can't get away from? a little bit. Go- I mean, oh, you want to set this up, Lee? I'll give you 20 yards to you to jump 20 on yards? 20 yards? Uh, okay. I think I could get All you. Right. All right. I right. get you. I got that. Yeah. Quick we'll switch uh, fibers there. Um, <laughs> All right. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Final piece of news. <laughs> Steph Curry and Tobias Harris have been named the NBA Players of the Week. Curry averaged 39.7 points, six boards, five assists as the dubs went two and one. Meanwhile, Harris averaged 23.3 points, 9.7 rebounds while shooting 57% from the floor as the 76ers went a perfect 3-0 and on the week. So congrats to those guys. I actually had a trivia question for you guys off this one. How many times has Steph Curry now won Player of the Week? If you had to guess. 23. Okay, Trey? 22. <laughs> I, would have thought, I would have thought in the 20s too. I, I think those are good guesses. 15th time. Hmm. Yeah. That's high. Now, how many times has Tobias Harris won it? Uh, probably three. Like Lee Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's like end of the season, you know, like. Uh uh uh. That's no? where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. That's interesting you said that. Always coming early in the season for mm. Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. November 13th, 2017 with the Pistons. November 26th, 2018 with the Clippers. And then now, obviously early in the season, with the 76ers. Yeah, you would have thought wow. that late in the season, but early. That's, uh, I wonder high. if he's the first player on three different teams that's not an all-star. Because LeBron's, you know, LeBron's. Sure. Oh, wow. It, wow. But, you know. That's a good one. That's yeah. a great question. Oh, shoot. I don't know if you're out there. That, that's mm. a deep dive that I will not do, but somebody have at it. Great question, <laughs> Lee. Uh, okay. We got Tweet of the Night. We got Pick'em. But first... Quick word from our sponsors. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, uh, sorry, JD, uh, are you saying Cobra Kai Season 3? Is that what you're watching or are you watching like the actual Karate Kid movie? Uh, no, I'm watching Cobra Kai. I'm four deep in season three. We've okay. all, we've watched the whole thing. Yeah, it's a it's our roast fest in our house. Like yeah. We, it, yeah. it's it's great. It's it's so bad, but it's addictive. Yeah. It's really really weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How like, long are episodes? Are they? They vary a bit. Yeah, they, but yeah. they yeah, they're some are like thirty thirty five. The the uh, episode ten is forty minutes. The finale. Ooh. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, episode nine. I think you'll enjoy episode nine, JD. I think you'll okay. enjoy that one. All yeah. right, all right. I, I, I certainly did. Certainly, uh, 13 or 14 year old Lee enjoyed episode nine. <laughs> yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so, so, you binged watch this whole thing, eh, Lee? Yes, I have. Yeah, I, I got through because, because, like, uh, look, truthfully, it hasn't been great. It, it's been, it's been okay. <laughs> Some things they do really well. Some of the nostalgic things they do well, but some of the fighting scenes are just uh, completely over the top. Um, but it's fun. It's 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 fun. I mean, the the character. Do you watch it with your kids then? No. Well, uh, Sebastian watches a little bit because of the karate oh. stuff. But um, right, they they explore <laughs> uh, they explore one of the characters in this in a really deep dark way too. I'm, I'm not mm. sure. I can't remember if it's started in in uh, episode four or not. But it gets really heavy at like a couple of points there. Oh, wow. uh, it's good. It's not a bad way of like so, sort of explaining how this character became the way uh, he is. But um, yeah, some of the things they do, some of the things are really like really cool little look backs at the old movies, but then other times it's just sort of like, okay, I mean, come on, let's, uh, you're getting a bit carried away here. But apparently they've already signed up for season four, so it's going to oh, be back. Can someone watch Cobra Kai without ever having watched the Karate Kid <laughs> movies? I mean, yeah, well, you well, could. Yeah, but you would you would miss some of the little jokes and things like that. But uh, okay. I've yeah. watched Karate Kid. I'm just curious. Did you see yeah. Karate Kid 2 as well? I, I don't think so. Mm. I, I've, I think I only watched the first one. Well, you probably want to watch Karate Kid 2 before you watch season 3 of Cobra uh, oh. Kai. Anyway. You, you yeah. definitely don't have <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but, it, but they have some good throwbacks in there. Yeah, That's so. a weird thing about that show is like, it's not for kids at all. Like They talk about whacking off and, and they say shit. Hold on, whack on, stuff. whack off? Yeah, it's whack on, whack off wow. in the, the new millennium. Yeah. Well, the, funny, the funniest thing is, is uh, Ralph Macchio is the age that Mr. Miyagi was in the Karate Kid now, uh, which is kind of funny because wow. Mr. Miyagi looked like he was about 80 yeah. when he was, you know, in the, those, whereas Ralph is like 57 or something like that. He, is Mr. Miyagi no longer with us? In, in no, he's, he's not. He passed away. Yeah. He? he passed away a long time ago, yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. 
All right, Cobra Kai talk. Nice. Uh, way not to. Uh, I know you were you were you wanted to say stuff there, Lee, but you're trying uh, to hold yeah. in those spoilers. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm I, like, what's a spoiler? You know, like, what's the what's the threshold for not revealing any spoilers for a show like this? I mean, mm. a month, two months. I uh, no I way. Don't. It's more like two weeks. It's ten episodes. Yeah, people. I mean, you've already watched the whole thing. It came out. Uh, it came out on the first. On the first. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll give it a week and then we'll do a deep dive. <laughs> all right. All right. That's great. That's great. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Lock it in. Uh, all right. Let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. So, Tweet of the Night, I just thought I'd get silly with it. I know there's the whole uh, Dads of Sacramento tweets going around with, uh, I guess, uh, Mr. <laughs> Fox uh, now talking about uh, Mr. Bagley. What's going on with that team? But uh, oh, Real um, Dads of Sacramento. I would watch that on Bravo and right. review it with J.D. <laughs> right. gladly. Credit credit to uh, Ghostface Ziller, I think, uh, coming up with that. I saw that in the newsletter. I love it. But no, I, I'm going completely off board here. I'm going uh, really random. At Steve Gameware tweeted yesterday, going through old photos and I found that time I scored 450 points in NBA Live 95. There it is. He's the Knicks. Over the Beantown Boys, 450 to 106, playing NBA Live 95. I used to love this game as a kid. This is right in my wheelhouse. I was a Sega guy. I don't know about... uh, I don't know about Steve Martin here. Is that the uh, real Steve Martin? Um, <laughs> he looks great. Uh, but I, I love the follow-up tweets, too, because Ryan Kay, um, a fan of our show, actually, he, he asked, on the road, or he said, on the road, too, impressive. <laughs> and Steve responded with, first game of the season, and then he's got the breakdown there. Look at the wow. shooting percentage. Wow. For the Knicks, this is like the real-life Knicks here, Lee. 79.5% from three. <laughs> he's... He- I hit 136 threes. That's right, Lee. That's how you score 450 wow. points in a game. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then Aaron noted a little bit later in the thread, John Starks with the J, right? Probably just, uh, you know, Starks is on this team. Steve says, you know it. <laughs> Player of the game, John Starks. 416 points, eight boards, five assists, 67 steals. <laughs> One block, making Kendall Gill envious with that stat line. Lovely for John Starks in 95. uh, Player of the game. Yeah, I just love this tweet because it got me all nostalgic. And uh, I can't remember if I shared these stories on the podcast before. Um, But there's two specific NBA Live like like anecdotes that I have because I played 95, 96, 97. Those were definitely my three years that I was playing on the Sega. And I remember, I I think it was Andrew DeClerc or it was Todd Fuller, but there was a part where you could create a player, but they had sort of like built it in that if you just put in the player's last name, then the attributes would pop up being a rookie, right? And I again, I, I honestly can't remember. I think it was Todd Fuller. When I put him in, for whatever reason, the game glitched and just gave him an afro. <laughs> and a giant afro. <laughs> He's a white guy. Um, and so that's, that was one little random story. And then the other one is, I, in I think it was 97, there was like a glitch. It always felt like it would happen with like Chris Childs or like that when you went down, you like drove down the lane and jumped, 
sometimes you would just like skyrocket to the top corner of the screen and like shoot a three. Mm. And it was just like this random glitch. I always remember that happening. And it felt like it was always child for some reason. Mm, tough um, to defend. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, did you play, uh, I know you're not the biggest video game guy, Lee, but did you play those games at all? Oh, I was back in the day. Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, I had the yeah. NBA Jam Live, uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition. Oh, yeah. uh, and, I, and I conquered one where the last team you had to play was the Invisible Guys. Do you remember that? There was invisible guys, and so like the ball was moving around. You still had to do the same thing: push them, shove them, get them out the way. You're talking uh, NBA Jam here right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. I was on an Australian edition anyway. I think it was. Um, yeah. I think I you're. Yeah. Uh, I think they unplugged your controller, mate. Like you're, you're five year old. Just said, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, beat the invisible guys. But there was also a glitch on that NBA Live uh, NBA Jam where if the other person shot a three, you could go up and grab it, and the three points before like goaltend. Yeah, and before it would go in, you, it, it would actually credit your team with three points. That 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 was a glitch. That was going on. Yeah. This I remember uh, eight toes. Eight toes was furious with that because uh, he would shoot him, and I'd get the three pointers. Uh, yeah, it was it was weird. It, like it was, it didn't happen every time, but it happened a couple of times where it was like, oh, that, this is working, so this is great. Okay. <laughs> and then me and Benny in uh, Canada, we played NBA Live. And I was, uh, my unbeatable team was Chris Weber and the Sacramento Kings. Benny just could not beat me no matter which team he went. Nice. Chris Weber was just unstoppable. Unstoppable. Nice. I fired up the uh, like emulator last night. I didn't fire it up. I found it online because you can play these games like online. Yeah. I hate playing any game on my keyboard though. I'm so brutal at it. It's like, uh, <laughs> Trey, are you any good at that? Like ZXC, like, uh, or your three buttons? It's impossible for me. I don't know if you can do it, but. Playing on like a, playing a any video game on your computer. keyboard, yeah. Uh, no, and that no. just tells me that we're straight up amateurs. Oh, yeah, because yeah. if you're into the gaming world, you're not using a controller. You're deep on the tappity taps. Oh, it's amazing to me that people can do that. Um, yeah. But I played it. I fired up NBA Live '96 last night or '95 uh, or '96, um, and I was trying it on my computer. Oh my god, I forgot like how much the guys like how like slippery like they are. They they like glide everywhere on the court. But that was sort of cool at the time. Oh, no doubt, man. I, I loved NBA Live back in the day, and, you know, I mentioned making the Las Vegas Bamboo Boys. It's been the same for me. We're talking about uh, extended childhoods. I'm making teams full of my friends in 2020, 2021, <laughs> just like I was in 1995. Yeah. Back then, it was Brad Korn. Now it's J.E. Skeets. Oh, wow. <laughs> From Korn to Skeets. <laughs> Amazing. 25 Amazing. years of glowing up. All right, well, shout out to Steve Martin. The Steve Martin for those tweets. Taking me back. Had me playing old video games last night. All right, pick them results. It was the Celtics-Raptors game. Raptors were favored by two and a half. Three of us took the raps. Lee, the only one, swerving, taking the Beantown boys. Obviously got the victory. So Lee and I are now four and three. Tass, three and four. Trey, two and five. Rough start for TK here. Not a great start for really anybody, if I'm being honest. Um, tonight's pick them, though. Bulls, doubles uh, in Portland. Take on the Blazers. Ooh, this line is big. Portland by ten and a half. The Blazers favored. So Trey, why don't you get us started? It's your team. Uh, you like your uh, Chicago Bulls to cover here? This big line? That's too big of a line for the Trail Blazers to cover and win. So give me the Bulls. It's been a great 2021 for Chicago in general, and I assume they're going to keep it rolling out there. All right, Lily, what do you got? Yeah, this is a this is a tough one because the Bulls have been okay in the last few games. Uh, the Blazers had a big win over the over the Warriors, but then they got punked by Steph sixty. So 
Yeah. You wonder if the Blazers are like, all right, we've got to get back on the board. I, I think they have got 11 points, so I'll take the Blazers. I know. This is a difficult one. I am also going to go Blazers. I hate to do that to you, Trey, but... um. It's like we just get, we're getting a lot of blowouts. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's got something to do with really no fans, very few fans. Like, I mean, it's got to be difficult once you get behind to then, like, without any sort of, like, backing of your, of your home fan base to sort of rally. I don't know. It feels like they've just got so many blowouts. So I could see another one getting out of hand here. So I'll go Portland to cover um, also. So I'm with Lee on that. And let's hear who Tass has. Blazers, Bulls, whoo, this one's going to be a barn barner with the way these two teams play defense. It's going to make me want to pop in Blazers versus Bulls on the Super Nintendo. No way I can take the Blazers to cover 11. Too many points. Give me the Bulls. Wow. That was trippy. That was trippy. Cass was referencing Blazers, Bulls. Well, we just got done. To, we didn't. We had never seen that video, by the way, people. So that was. We're still. Tess isn't here, and we're still on the same wavelength, guys. That's just how it goes. All right. So uh, Trey, Tess taking Chicago to cover the big uh, ten and a half line from the Blazers. Lee and I got them to, to win by eleven or more. Let's hear from you guys. Who you got? Who do you like? Let's call it there. Fun show, guys. As always, thank you to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Email us your NBA questions and your comments. Recording a new Beach Step and Pod tomorrow. Send them in, no dunks at theathletic.com. Grab your no dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Watch your toes, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you live in Georgia, go vote in the runoff election. It's today. Embrace the day, people. Mm-hmm.